each one of us is spiritual in one way or another. Some of us are conscious about it and some of us are not as conscious about it. And some of us, we live our spirituality in the light and some, we live it in the dark. Even a person that's maybe not the kindest or really having a hard time showing up in the light, even that person has a spirituality, but they've just not connected with it. Welcome back to part two of this two-part episode, where we continue our discussion with Elena. In part one, Elena shared with us the incredible impact of connecting to her spiritual essence while grieving the loss of a career she had identified with for over 40 years. In this episode, Elena talks about specific actions and practices that led her through her darkest moments and helped her reconnect with the wisdom of her heart. These are actions and practices you can implement in your own life to help you accept what's happening right now, even if it's not what you planned and it's not what you want. You may be thinking, why would I accept what I don't want? Well, because maybe it's happening for you. Hey, it's Ron Thiessen. Welcome to another episode of the Human Being Project by The Change Evolutionist, where my daughter Janelle and I explore the difference between being and doing. In a world of constant distractions, sky-high expectations, and the relentless pursuit of more, we examine what would happen if we made space for more being and less doing. So let's talk about your continued now spiritual journey, because you said that you've now prepared yourself to be a companion spiritually, but for your own spiritual development, what are some of the practices that you have? What things do you do to develop your spirituality? I was 27 and I had a nervous breakdown and a friend of mine had suggested I started therapy and I went to my first silent retreat. You're there for three days or five days or eight days, depending uh, what you signed up for. So a silent retreat can talk about mindfulness and meditation and uh, living in the present moment and reconnecting with your true self. I had anxiety thinking that I couldn't talk. And then it passes. When you go to a silent retreat, you do have a spiritual director that accompanies you. So you get to talk with them twice a day. The rest of the time, silence is so needed. It's so golden. It's, you know, we don't have it anymore in our society. When you enter this space, which is a retreat center, and there are many all over, obviously all over the world, uh, it's usually silence in the common spaces. If you don't have the time or resources to jet off to a tranquil destination for a silent retreat, you can always create your own at home. You'd start by setting aside several hours or an entire day if you can swing it, where you disconnect from everything. So you'd plan ahead and choose a day when you typically have fewer responsibilities. Turn off your phone, close your laptop, and just create mindful moments throughout the day. You could take yourself out for a walking meditation in nature or relax into a silent meditation at home, maybe with a hot bath or a soothing shower. 
You can journal about whatever comes up and even read a book. Maybe try mindfully hydrating and eating, paying attention to the tastes and sensations as you do. The purpose of a silent retreat is to acknowledge and process repressed thoughts and feelings so you can grow past the beliefs and the stories that are holding you back. Through silence, you create an open space for your mind and heart to communicate with each other, unhindered and uninterrupted, wrapping yourself in a healing space that's just for you. When I started to to learn about in my healing journey was that I had to make a decision of how I was going to show up for people. And in that I couldn't no longer control how others would react, whether it was towards me or towards others or life, but that I could choose to to control how I would respond and what would make me feel whole. And it was responding with the light in me, the God-given light in me. And so that's how I started to, I did a lot of uh, mindfulness um, classes as well. And so, you know, something as simple as, may I be happy and, and saying that over and over again, you know, or may I have light in me? Uh, may I be still? May I have peace? And then wishing it for someone else, mm-hmm. someone whom it's hard for us to do. Mm-hmm. And I have found that that's really helpful. So somebody we might have had a ruptured relationship with, uh, someone who's angry or not doing nice things, whether it's towards us or someone else, that I have a choice of how I'm going to respond. Mm. And it's not by how I was taught, but it's in my newfound way of being in the world and that I want to put out something good, some light, some compassion, right? Some kindness, some forgiveness. It's not easy, but that is the practice. And so in the end, I only have me to face, nobody else. Am I going to be the light or am I going to be the dark? I love that you said it's a practice because Mm. there are days where all of us feel like, wow, I wasn't a very nice human. Or even moments, right? Like, wow, that doesn't align with my sense of being. You know, if I'm rude to, uh, for example, a server, like last night, for example, uh, something went wrong and I was like, I wasn't rude, but my facial expression was, I'm annoyed. And afterwards, I'm like, man, that does not align with how I want to show up in this world. I want to make people, I can't make them feel anything, but I want to at least offer them an opportunity to feel as if they are valuable human beings yes. and yes. that I recognize them as such, right? And so when I have those weak moments, I think, man, I'm not a human being at all. I'm just, a, but it's just a practice, like you said. It's yes. recognizing that, wow, okay, in that moment, wasn't my best self. No yes. big deal. There's another moment. And that's the difference. We're raising consciousness about that in that you have that awareness. And so sometimes, yeah, we forget. We're at the grocery store, right? The cashier's busy. Or the doctors, right? And oh boy, 
no bedside manners there, right? I mean, if you eye contact, you're lucky, you know, and, <laughs> and we forget, we engage in that, but then there's a moment we remember and all of a sudden we shift like, oh, I was feeling crabby too now, but even if it's in the last minute, you look at the person and you say, thank you. And you smile, bam, we've shifted. Yeah. I love that because it's never too late then, right? No. You never have to beat yourself up. I know. I love that. There's actually another practice in terms of our spirituality that we can do at the end of a day. And that's, you know, it has many words. It could be the examine according to St. Ignatius, or it could be reviewing our day, right? Mm. And looking for how we were in the day, how we showed up, where there was light, where there was darkness, where we felt we contributed, you know, co-created, or where we felt mm, we didn't respond the way that we would have liked to. And, and then we can give that up to the universe and ask, okay, tomorrow is another day and I'll do better. I used to do that a lot when I was stuck back in, in, a, in a pattern of thinking where I would think, oh, I said this. I wonder if they thought that. I, oh, I hope I didn't. And what if? And then I would make this big story up in my mind. And I think it's important when reviewing the day that you remember that it's, it's honestly all about you. It's not about necessarily other people's response to you or maybe even how you made them feel because our perception of how we make people feel. Sometimes I think I've made people feel like a million bucks and they didn't even know I was there. You know, it can be like that or it can be the opposite where you think that you really, really hurt somebody or you did something offensive. Again, they didn't know you were there, you know, like, so I think reflecting on the day, but remembering that really it's just all about you. What are you learning from it? Like you said, right? You're doing it for the purpose of how can I grow and show up better tomorrow? Yeah. It, I love what you said about daily review because I, I really believe in that too. But mm -hmm. when you're doing your daily review and you're asking questions, like you're saying, how could I have been more on purpose or how could I, how could I have been better? It's really important to wait for the answer because lots of people ask the question mm -hmm. and then they're, they're done, but they don't, mm -hmm. they don't wait until there's an answer. And sometimes the answer doesn't just come, you know, boom, just like that, just because you asked the question. Sometimes there has to be some understanding, some deeper revelation. You know, if you saw that you weren't at your best that day in a certain situation, why? Why did that trigger you? Why was that your reaction to that situation? And uh, and when you understand that, it's a it's it's like dealing with the root of a problem instead of just the fruit of the problem. You know, you go right down to the issue and say, "This is why I respond like that in these kinds of situations," and that understanding gives me insight that I wouldn't have, even if I just got the answer, well, you were bothered at that particular moment or, you know, but why, why was I bothered? Why was that my reaction? Yes. That's awesome. That's right. It takes time. It may come later while we're journaling It mm. may come the day after so we need to ask and then remain open to receive the answer and also oh. mindful. I'd like to keep engaged in that and not just put it on a shelf, you know. I'm curious, what do you do when you journal? I struggle. <laughs> I have a, I don't want to say a love-hate relationship, but a resistance relationship with journaling as much mm. as 
I know the benefits of journaling, just like the benefits of meditation and prayer and so on. Um, putting my thoughts, my feelings on paper is difficult for me because the judgment comes in mm. immediately about what I'm writing. So I, I resist because that experience is so push and pull for me. Mm. But when I succeed, it's usually, okay, I've, I've either prayed or meditated, uh, taken a few deep breaths and then let myself go and, and write mm. without the thinking brain. Mm. And that's hard for me. So I, mm. I have this relationship with journaling. It's easier for me to journal after deep prayer time because then okay. I'm really in that one space, me and my soul, my, my being, the universe, God. And so the thinking brain has kind of left me and I can put words to that spiritual experience. That's my experience with journaling. So it's a practice, again, that I think that the meditation is important, the prayer, the contemplation, uh, you know, something before doing this. Ron, when you talked um, in one of your workshops, I think the very first one, you mentioned something so beautiful, you know, that it could either be just the three of us here or the three of us with higher energy. Mm. I remember you talking about that. So that's what I'm talking about with the journaling. It could be me and the doing this mm. or my higher self, which will have a lot more meaning and purpose and authenticity. You know, mm. it'll, it'll serve its purpose for exploration. Mm -hmm. Something that I found effective in journaling is I, when I would journal, I used to think that I need to write in complete sentences and then your head gets involved, you know, oh, did Me I too. say that right? Yeah. Or, but if I use key words or key phrases, all I want to do is to be able to recall what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling right now, because the huge benefit of journaling is that you get that on paper. First of all, you see it more clearly for what it is. And then you can uh, go back years later, you can look at it and you, if you can recall the situation, you know, you see how far you've come. And for me, that's what journaling does. It gives me the road that I'm on. It seems like I have to tell clients all the time, take inventory of where you've been. Because, mm -hmm. you know, one of the things that ego does is it, it always tells us that we're missing something. So there's always something I want. There's something I don't quite have enough of, blah, blah, blah. And as soon as I get it, I'm on to something else. And we do that a lot, I think, in our personal growth, our personal lives. We're trying to achieve something. We're trying to make some sort of a breakthrough. We're trying to get a change of behavior, whatever. And we succeed. And then we just move on to something else. When you look back in your journal and you see where you were a few years ago, uh, you see that you've learned so many things. So many things have come together. Uh, things have changed. You're not near as bothered by things that were seemed like the world was coming to an end then, and you're just not bothered by them anymore today. And that's really important to see that growth, even just for the encouragement of seeing it. Yeah. My approach to journaling has always been, I have to document the details of the day. And mm. 
that's where I get stuck. Well, I haven't journaled now for two weeks. I have to give like an update. Oh, so this is what's been happening for these two weeks. And then I get (laughs) stuck in the whole update and I never actually, you know, I approach my journal with the intent to "Mm, just really like reflect and write down what I'm feeling or thinking, but I get stuck in documenting what's been happening in the last two weeks. I don't know if anyone else struggles with that, but it's sure my thing. Mm -hmm. So I just now avoid journaling altogether because I don't want to have to account for what's happened. And I think it's cool what you both have said dad by saying i can just write down one word i love that and elena when you talked about just documenting when you're in a space of real spiritual connection you're not going to worry at all about what's been happening i guess there's different types of journaling and the kind of journaling that i've always done is is just not the kind that serves me anymore i've grown past it i'm wondering elena if you can share if our listeners are looking for a way that they can explore just take a a tippy toe little step towards this spiritual exploration in their life. What is like one first step that you would recommend they take towards that kind of more conscious human presence? What helps? It's that preparation in the morning, some mm. meditation or prayer or a mindful five minute walk, taking some breaths, right? Like belly breaths. And then moving with that intention in the day. I love how now with the computers, the phones, you can put a sound bell on and it could ring. And when that bell rings, oh, let's take a breath. Breathing in, I calm my body. Breathing out, I feel peace. Breathing in three times and then. We move or simple, you know, breathe in. I am grateful for today. Breathing out. I feel peace. Mm. Simple. And, and that just kind of like from the head, boom. Mm. And I'm um, really that's, I wish I could say it was, there was more magic than that, but there isn't. It's very difficult to mm. do in our North American lifestyle, right? Mm. But it is the practice. It's about choosing how we want to be in the world, even in our darkest moments, in our painful moments, in our moments of despair, of desolation, of disappointment, hopelessness. Lord knows I've experienced them all and I continue to. And then we can come out when we shift in meditation or prayer, or reaching out to someone that can help us find our light again. What did you think of this shorter episode? Let us know in Spotify by clicking reply in the Q&A section for this episode, or visit The Change Evolutionist on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn to share your thoughts. Never miss an episode. Get notification to your inbox when a new episode is released. Download to your device or listen on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts. To get notifications, go to thechangeevolutionist.com forward slash subscribe. For more information and links, check out the show notes. Ron Thiessen is a practicing psychologist and educator. To apply as a guest on the podcast, please visit thechangeevolutionist.com forward slash podcast guest.